Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon and Cleveland, Ohio. We have over 700 books, over 25 employees, and we make about 40 new books every year. And we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This week, we are joined by special guest to the pod, Francesca, of brand new book, Year of the Witch. So, yeah, can you talk a little bit about why you wanted to make this book? So really, it was my, my I have three kids and my two daughters who I who are 20 and 12, which is funny because they're so spread apart. But I, I didn't really raise them with any sort of spiritual practice. I just kind of released them into the world and been like, whatever you guys figure out will be fine. But I just wanted something that they could like fall back on and have that that was like you know what did mom do you know kind of thing and so Aww. like i kind of wrote it for them and then so it's just kind of like all this basic knowledge i had kind of slammed into one book and as i'm creating it i'm like oh it should it should be easy it should be digestible in small pieces i should break it apart into like pages and activities and things like that i have like kid oriented brain and like, you know, and we have, we don't have a lot of time. I feel like sometimes, especially witchcraft can be very, very time consuming. And so I just wanted to break it up into like small digestible bites. And then that's where like the idea of the planner kind of came in and it just kind of like evolved from there. Nice. Where, where did you get the inspiration for your own practice? I, I, some, somewhere about 20 years ago, I lived in Hawaii and I was just kind of really just horribly depressed. And I know it's Hawaii, right? But like it's perception. And I was just feeling like complete crap and my life was not where I wanted it to be. It's pretty typical. And I was at like maybe a, the borders or books a million. And I was just kind of like looking for something like, like I, I need something. I'm in a funk, and it was kind of pre, like internet, pre access to all those things. And I found this like fuzzy. I swear, it's this velvety fuzzy book by this lady named Tatiana Harding. And I may be mispronouncing that incorrectly, and I'm sorry if I am. But I found it, and I took it home, and I just like deep dived into it from there, and that just became just the way that I live from then on. And I, I just feel like it. It helped me so much just evolve and grow as a person. And so, you know. Yeah, I, I actually watched um, a short documentary recently about a, a person from Hawaii who relocated to Seattle and was like, everybody thinks of Seattle as like depressing and like gloomy. But I found Hawaii to be that way, mostly because it was like impossibly expensive to do anything. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, right. I had not considered that detail. Mm -hmm. But so. But so like, you know, and, and it seems like that's is, a, is part of it, like your experience of like mindset. Is that like something that you were bringing to this? Yeah, when I was I'm actually a veteran. So I was in why I was stationed there. And so like mm -hmm. that's that's not really this. I, 
and it goes even deeper and we don't have to get into all the, the history of my trauma, but I like needed to leave my house very quickly. I needed to like, you know, join the military and get out of that space. And I just was in a weird place. And so when I was kind of dunked in Hawaii, I just don't think my mind was ready to be in like, oh, I'm in a beautiful tropical place because my perception was what's going on. I'm feeling like a crazy person or I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed or depressed. I think I was like 19 or 20 at the time. And you're just in a weird place with with people you don't know. I had just gotten married like kind of on a whim. My husband is still my husband now, which is really funny. But at the time he was only there for like three months and we were still kind of working out like we were like two teenagers who got married. <laughs> if it works. Not a great idea, but sometimes <laughs> it works out. So you so. got a husband and a book and they both lasted you like yeah, the last exactly. 20 years. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Through three kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So hopefully, I mean, you know, I feel like all of our books, my secret mission when I develop a book is that like someone like me or like you, a teenager in a ch big chain bookstore looking for something and they don't know what will find this book. And I, yeah, I love that that's your origin story because yeah. that is exactly what we're trying to do today too. Nothing has changed. Yes, exactly. I just want to create something that's out there for somebody who feels maybe lost or doesn't know what to do and they can sort of find this thing. And it's, it's a really positive take. It's, it's really basic witchcraft, but it's a really positive take on like, I am just stepping into this space and I just need to learn, you know, what to do next, so. Yeah, so yeah, I so my former roommate, he, um, he works with uh, veterans in recovery in Hawaii and I had never really, you know, I've never been to Hawaii. I've never thought about Hawaii as like a place that, and then he was like, Joe, it's tons of military bases. And I was like, oh, or tons of ex-military. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Right. And so um, do you, and so I, I'm just guessing here that the experience from the book that you picked up both like resolved those kind of problems and put you on some sort of a path. Is that where you're leading us? I just, I would, I'm trying to think. So yeah, I think so. Although I didn't, ex I didn't experience, my experience was not with substance abuse. It was more just like mental no. health issues, which it doesn't really matter. It's just what my experience was. It really led me down a path of just buying more books. I would spend all my money on books at that point. Cause I was like into this, you know, I had to know. And like, I was going back and, and, you know, and, and now I'm like, you know, deep diving. And there was a little cute witch shop down there at the time that I obviously don't remember the name and I don't know if it exists, but I remember going in there and like just looking around and, and, and being really just, you know, entranced with all of this stuff that, you know, can, can help you and provided more of a direction than anything else that I've ever received in my life before then, or at that point. What, like, how would you, um, kind of like, I guess, describe what is that direction of that spiritual path that you found and also that your book kind of is pointing towards? It's just really, it's not really positive or negative or living in this like love and light platform. It's none of that. It's just you living who you are, like what is your truth? And then finding that and matching that together in whatever space and translation that sort of means for you. So, you know, who are you now? And then, and if you're not happy with yourself or you're not happy with your life, it's because somewhere 
you're not living your truth of who you are, of whatever that looks like to you. And so it, for me, it kind of gets you from not living your truth to kind of finding out who you are and then living in that experience or at least, you know, some way that works for you. So that's really what that's really what it is and what helped me with. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of our ethos too, you know, so uh, 25 years ago or so we got the letter from Tower Records, if you remember Tower Records. I do. They had a, uh, you know, they were like, we want to sell your books in all of our national locations. And we were like, wow, that's weird and huge and like so a lot to think about. And, you know, like in the end, like we had some misgivings. But then we were like, this is the way to reach like disaffected teenagers of any way. Like this is this is where I would hang out mm -hmm. if if I had this as a kid, as a disaffected teen, you know. <laughs> like, and, and you know, so but then then that's kind of been the overarching direction when we do stuff. It's just, and yeah, it's like it's like you said, it's like it's not any particular way. It's like the thing that helps somebody like kind of when they need it as it strikes them you know it's like for the right person at the right time and so is that like is that remaining like a guiding principle in your work yeah definitely is remaining a guiding principle i think i really want to focus on like teaching and teaching not necessarily like i'm your teacher like you have an assignment but like you know like here is here is what you could do if you're feeling this way or just kind of here's some examples on some beginner things that you can start with because i mean the goal would be that the individual would find this book and they would continue in the direction and it doesn't even have to be with witchcraft it's just whatever their truth is and aligns with their purpose you know i would hope that this finds them and they can you know, use it as a stepping stone to continue and move forward in their own path. Cause we're all different and not everybody is gonna, you know, be into every single thing. Just whatever works for you, you know? When we um, acquired your book, one of the reasons I was really excited about it is um, because I feel like it pairs so well with, uh, are you familiar with Friday Glad Hearts, the Practical Witches Almanac that we publish? It's like, um, you know, and Friday puts out a different one every year. And it's so like, I wouldn't say it's like advanced or even arcane, but there's like, you know, it does assume like you understand something you've already been introduced. You're like deepening your practice rather than like finding your way. And I love that yours is like a gateway, like yours <laughs> like that is like a planner. Like you could use it as your weekly calendar to write, write down your doctor's appointments and your meds and your practice but you could also use it to like record like your spiritual work and your recovery path or whatever you're on and yeah I just love seeing that as like a gateway to you know you start with your book and you can use it any year um it's not like a dated thing it's like a unplanner um and then you know eventually maybe you're like oh I'll check out this almanac and um like maybe the next year uh do you have like other books that are sort of your inspiration for this one or like where did you come up with the idea for this book specifically I think for this book it was just really going back to like what I said earlier about my daughters and just trying to write something for them I didn't mm -hmm. really have a super big like inspirational piece I have tons of books on witchcraft and I I read them all the time and I, even in like different spaces, like I may not do that, but I'm still going to read about it because it's interesting. But like, I think that just the all, you know, together inspiration of everything was just for this book. It's not really like 
one thing specific. Mm -hmm. And so like, what, what did this prompt like newer ideas as you're working on this book or like other books that you wanted to create or, you know, what, what is kind of like the path that you're on now? It, I, I ended up, I made a website just to have like somewhere to like drop things in. And like, you know, I started to blog on there and I, I made a TikTok and it's, it has two TikToks on it. It's, it's, it's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> I, I think I would like to keep going. I don't really have like a clear cut plan or idea with exactly what I'm doing. That, that works best for me if I just roll with it and like kind of vibe out where I'm feeling. And um, I would like to eventually have more books in this space of like where to start maybe like a like i'm thinking about oh maybe a tarot one or one on astrology like different points of topics and things like that so but and that's you know thinking just in that in that space helping people get started yeah but maybe it could evolve even more from there i don't i don't i don't know i'm like the worst planner like i have a planner and i like planning my day in like my week, but like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, next year. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's like gonna be in this space, but it's non-specific. It makes sense why you would create a weekly planner then. Yeah, but it builds on itself. So I feel like, you know, by this time later, I'll know what I'm doing because it'll be then already. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, we'll ask you again in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so your book was like definitely a little bit different than a lot of books that we've worked on, um, because it does have quite a bit of text in it, but all of the text, like it's a very image heavy book. And also all of the text was sort of designed into images before we started working. Can you talk a little bit about, yeah, I guess like sort of the technical process of putting this book together and editing it and designing it. And, uh, what was, the, what was that like? Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot more uh, work than I thought it would be, oh. <laughs> but in a good Sorry way. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way, because it, it's it's definitely much more refined. I I'm a graphic designer, and so that's what I do for you know I'll make a living, whatnot. But um, I just wanted to add those those elements in. Like if I'm submitting something, I'm a very visual person. Like the the lots and lots of text. Sometimes I. I have a little dyslexia, it starts to get lost in my brain. I really need to see like small pockets of text and then they need to make sense to me and how like, you know, building in a visual way. And so the planner made sense to me and then to bring in, you know, some iconography and some other, you know, uh, drawn elements makes more sense. I just need to see things. And so the process of it was, you know, of course making, making the initial submission and then really working with um, with you and with Olivia, the editor back and forth. And um, I think I'm really open to a lot of good criticism and feedback. And so just working it out, working all the kinks, because obviously it makes sense to me, I wrote it, but does my wacky brain make sense to everyone else? I have no idea. So it was great to get, you know, some other people to read it. And I can ask my daughters, but they'll be like, yeah, mom, it's great, you know, because they're not really looking at it, you know? <laughs> you know, they're like, it's totally fine. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna really give me that like hard, um, that hard feedback. So the process was just, you know, like any other book, I assume back and forth, but I just, just 
putting it back in the computer and changing things around as far as like working in Illustrator or what or in Canva or whatnot to like design everything and move it around. And then that was like the most tedious part. But, you know, we needed to make sure. I think the hardest part was making sure there was enough space for writing, like the there was enough space for the text, for the graphic elements, and then enough space for also to be able to write. And if you're like me and you have real sloppy handwriting, you still need to really get in there and, and be able to read your text and make it legible. And then the font sizes and things like that. So it was kind of like, for me, a big puzzle to put together and mm -hmm. to make everything, you know, um, all these moving parts to make everything workable and legible and make sense to everyone, not just me. Were there any like surprises about sort of like, because I know that often when we work with designers, they're very surprised at what we need for a book as opposed to like for a screen or for a different kind of format. Were you, were you surprised by anything in book production? A little. I worked in print before I've worked with magazines. Okay. So I was, a, I have a pretty big awareness to like was involved in the print process. I've worked for newspapers too and stuff like that for a really Thanks. long time. So I was pretty... I was pretty aware of the print process. It was more of like the little things like like the sizing of the, like what size is the book? That was, you know, and then how to smush everything into this size that makes sense. Um, also like what needs to go in the beginning, like all the technical pages. And and the, the biggest thing for me was the layout because things have to lay flat. And then at the days of the week need to be, you know, it needs to go from Monday to Sunday on, it can't be awkward. So we're, put, you know, we're putting in pages in between to make the page number make sense and then catching that correct page number without having to add a gazillion more pages at the end. So again, like another puzzle of like all these moving parts and then going through it over and over and over. And I have it all like in the PDF and I'm just staring at it and like, you know, like going through it and making sure like, as you open it up, because I didn't print it at home prior because I don't, I just, you know, you just have it on a digital platform and it's just like scrolling through it and I'm counting all the pages, like just to make sure it, it works. And I'm like, you know, crap, do I have to add, you know, another illustration here? You know, right. so that was the most surprising part because when I have worked in magazines, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily putting the whole thing together. I'm just submitting you know, page runs with like, you know, graphics and layouts and things like that. So it was like, my part was very small in that space where in this one, I'm like putting this book together in a larger, in a larger format. And every, everything has to line up and be really specific. And then the page number, we have to hit that page number and there can be a blank page at the end, but I didn't know that. And then I went and got all these other books and I'm like, every book has a blank page at the end. How did I not notice? <laughs> You yeah, know? and it is fascinating. Like, and I, you know, I, I've done book layouts for just almost thirty years, and I still am, uh, you know, and I, I feel like sometimes you have to do that, but it does feel like it's often cheating. But then you look at any book, and like the sheer number of padding of blank yeah. pages throughout to hit the signatures, I'm always like, just seems like you could do so much more with this. But you know, like I also know the realities of it. Yeah. So then, you know, I'm like, you know, I get it why they have six blank pages out of the first 14, but still, you know. Yeah, it was, 
it was shocking. And, and, and like I said, I grabbed other books, just random books to like see, and I was opening them up. Okay. I'm like, okay, here is the publishing page because it has to have all the stuff. And I'm like, they have that too. I've never even looked at that before. I've read <laughs> <laughs> now I feel so bad. Like I should read these beginning pages too. And these people worked really hard on this book and I don't even know who their names are. Like, you know, like the editor and whatnot, because you fly through that and you just get to the first page. Like, yeah. it's just like packaging, you know, you're just ripping it open. And now I'm like going back and I'm like, okay, I need to be more like cognizant of these beginning pages. So they're important. <laughs> Having like sweated over them makes you realize. For real. I know, and I think, I think, I do think what most people don't realize is that a book is kind of a little math problem, like every single yes. book. Yes. And if it's all just text, it's a lot easier. Cause like, you know, someone like Joe will go in to do the layout and like, you know, slightly, very slightly increase the font size or the distance between lines to make the book, you know, 200 pages instead of 197 pages. But like, and so you wouldn't notice, but when you get a lot of images and things like a calendar layout that has to be on a certain page, like you really know, a small mistake can have like really big noticeable repercussions. So thank you for working with us on that. And it's yeah. true, we probably could have added a blank page at the end. You know what though, I liked your solution better though, which I believe was to have your husband do illustrations for the blank I pages. I totally that was really sweet. That. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you were with me since the beginning. Can you, no, he's actually really helpful and really nice. And he was more than happy to add um, illustrations in there. And he, he is an artist and draws all the time. So he was like, he wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> and it's like, I, it keeps it in the family in a different yeah. way too, you know? And I'm like, and your name will be in the book. Like, okay. <laughs> but like, it's for your kids and then- Yeah, yeah, it's for them, it. you know, totally fine. <laughs> I just want readers to know if you buy this book, there will not be blank pages. You will have maximum value per page, per cent, per dollar that you spend. Good. I don't, I don't, I, is it weird to brag about that? It's kind of weird. I don't think anyone, they don't, like, I guess the point is they don't notice. Yeah. The thing we run into all the time is like whenever industry people look at our books, they're like, your books are such a good value. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, well, like, it's not filler. And I'm like, what, I mean, why would you make a book that is filler? Right. Because it has to go through <laughs> the process. You might as well put something on it. We don't mm -hmm. have the 16 pages at the end for taking notes. <laughs> We've, we've done it, but it's been a while. I'm suspicious now of all the books that have that because I've seen that. <laughs> You're like, you you just know, you know exactly what was going on behind it's, the scenes. Right, it's the stress. Also, the other thing was like the page numbers because it was like graphically made. I think we had to remove like one or two page numbers. And that was weird too, because then I had to figure out how to add the page numbers without like with taking two off without like jacking the whole thing up like running mm. it through. And that mm -hmm. was, I feel like I, that was a a couple times there, like trying to get the page numbers to run and then removing them, but then adding them with skipping a few here and there. So there, that was there's an, surprising. There's an early microcosm book that I used to show all of our interns and be like, what's weird about this book? And there were a lot of weird things about the book, but the thing that I was getting at was like the rectoverso page numbers were reversed. So like the even numbers were on the right side and the odd numbers were on the left side, which I just love because that's so like, you know, 
a bunch of punks doing publishing yourself. You were like, why not do it this way? And why do we do it the other way? In our defense, before the era of digital proofing, you didn't get the like recto verso layout. You just got loose, what well, they were called blue lines. Um, you may remember this, Francesco, from your magazine and newspaper days. So they literally, you get like, it's not, it's not a printout and it's not like the finished book, but they're just loose pages. So they don't show you how they interrelate so that you could totally miss like left and right. And then end up with, you know, nowadays you just get it as a PDF file, but. Much easier. So, so that wasn't intentional, Joe. You were surprised by that outcome. Um, well, so what happens, believe it or not, is like in pr printers are not the most technologically sophisticated people so you if you had a blank page in their in your layout that didn't say something to the effect of like this page intentionally left blank they would remove that page and then you would have it inserted at the end and so like you know so like you, you'll catch a few of our really early books where like the last page is actually the second last page and there's a blank page after it what amazing it. <laughs> I would have cried if I would have got that. If you would have sent me this book back with hundreds of little pages, <laughs> I don't know if we would be here. <laughs> no, there would be angry emails being exchanged, I'm sure. Yes, feelings Office mail. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that, yeah, that one, and like we did have one, we did have one author that was like, what are we going to do about this? And I'm like, well, I don't know that there's a lot we can do about it at this point. <laughs> we will reprint it when we sell them all. How about that? But it's hard to, it's hard to accept in the moment, I suppose. You know, the like facing pages fiasco of pre 2003. <laughs> I guess really that, that we, you didn't really get digital proofing until like, I swear like 2007, 2008. Like it's wow. pretty recent, weirdly, because you know computers have been pretty standard. <laughs> but here we are, slowly <laughs> catching up to technology. Better now. <laughs> well, do you have any projects? You're. I won't ask you about your plans for the distant future, but do you have any projects that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I'm not, I don't have any, I'm just kind of mulling about in project world. I have like a tarot th workbook that I'm kind of, but it has to like fit in my brain. Like I have to be like, this is it before I'm like ready to, to, I'm still kind of like, I guess playing around with how it would look like or how the layout would be and how it would make sense. And then, um, but that's really the only thing that, that I have really going on, just kind of working with what you know what it would look like and i've made like some mock pages and like playing around with stuff but but nothing like nothing very like set in stone or ready to make headway like today i'm like you know i i think i would like to i think i'm in i'm very much into tarot and i i, I would like to have something that's kind of like the year of the witch but for tarot but i just i'm still in like the planning phases of that and so like you know, and, and then of course, if I have the tarot, then I need each individual card created, which is like, you know, there's 70 something of them. And so then we're, we're, we're in that space of what is it going to look like? How is it, 
the the iconography gonna look and and then what does it make sense to have on each tarot page and how does that work if somebody is just learning tarot for the first time and what do they need to know you know and so kind of mm -hmm. kind of digging around in that space and then at, that, at some point you've also made a deck which is its own huge project yes and then should the deck be its own thing or is it not good enough because it's just in the book you know what i mean like mm. so i don't know i ha i don't know yet i'm kind of then it's like do i want to force my husband to draw the deck for me he doesn't want to do that <laughs> right there well and the, you know the thing that a lot of people do is they work with an existing deck but then you're kind of like iconography bound to that you know the look of that deck yeah so it's gotta be one you like yeah and it's not, it i like a lot of the existing decks but i feel like their their creators are i don't want to be taking you know anything away from other creators i would you know it's just funky so i'd rather have like something something new to look at in that space but it has to make sense oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i like that you're being thoughtful about it all that's not often that way no. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been really, I, I, I kind of, I feel like this is like an appropriate topic for a publishing project, but I feel like you've been sort of like the quintessential good author to work with. And I don't want to say like other authors are bad or bad, like, you know, everyone's got like a different level of where they're at, but like you and possibly to your detriment have been so easy to work with. Like everything we've said, you've been like, great, I'll do it. And like Olivia was actually brand new. I think um, your book yeah. was one of the first two or three that she edited, maybe the first one. And she kept being like, I keep asking Francesca to do all of these things. And it seems like a huge burden. And she just keeps saying, okay. And I think she might need more time, but she doesn't say she needs more time. And then she just turns it in. <laughs> and, uh, right. Oh, right. And then you had, uh, yeah, right. Cause you had done it in Canva. So there was like an issue. Oh, right. So you couldn't use like audio folio in InDesign, so right, you had to like fix the page numbering, and you right, and then you had like a bleeds issue, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh. Yeah, that was all me. <laughs> oh, but but you took care of all of it. You yeah. solved it all. Yeah, I mean, I made the book. I'm not going to be like, here is my hot mess <laughs> book. You guys figure it out for me. Mm. That would be a much more normal thing to do. Oh, well, next time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> now you yeah, know. Next time, next time you can be slightly higher maintenance if you want. <laughs> Standards and practices. Uh -huh. No, no. No, I like working with people. And I felt like Olivia was, you know, all of you were fantastic to work with. And I never felt any bad hiccups. And, and when she was asking me to... to to work on things, I didn't feel like it was outside of expectations or what would be. I'm I'm designing the book. It's my, you know. I so I never felt I never felt negative about it at all. And she was great to work with. And I thought her um, input and her her writing was was phenomenal. And she had uh, so many good suggestions. And and she found every single comma that I didn't put in. Because you know there was a lot. That's my superpower. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where those things yeah. go, and I'm like trying to research on my own. Like, where do you even put that thing? Because it's not always just a pause. You know. No, the rules don't always make a lot of sense. Yeah, for no, pause. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so, so I mean, in my end, I feel the same way about all of you guys. You know, it's fantastic oh. to work with and super easy. I'm shocked that I even have a book. Like, it exists. <laughs> You know, I'm just, I'm so happy and um, 
And it's just, it's exciting to like work on something for so long and then see it, you know, it's super fun. And this is like why I feel like we all exist just to like make cool stuff, you know, and what your truth is and that's it. Yeah, let's hope. So how does it feel now that your three kids and like thousands of strangers can enjoy this book that you've made? I feel, I feel a little nervous. I'm, I'm not, you know, like a person that is like, you know, on top of everything. Like I'm just a regular schmuck. Like, you know, <laughs> I feel a little nervous. I feel like, oh, gee, I hope they don't think that I'm like, you know, like that I got it all together and I'm this amazing. I'm also still learning and we're all just here stuck on this planet, just all learning. And um, I hope that, you know, it, it, you know, I hope that people like it. I hope that they get something out of it and it helps them in the way that maybe my first books helped me. And so that would be, that, that would be all of what I would want. <laughs> That's, That's real. All about. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing is that I hope this is like the first of, you know, as I keep growing as a, as an author, maybe I can do more stuff, but like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I have no plans. We would love to work with you again. <laughs> yeah. Let us know when the Tarot book is in a place that it needs eyes. I will for sure. I'll send it over in uh, sometime, hopefully in the next several months. Or we'll, we'll be here. No rush. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks so much and wonderful to meet you. It was so nice to meet you too. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you all taking the time to talk to me today. Likewise. Um, so great to talk with you. And thanks for sharing your story and your meaning and purpose with the world. Thanks for joining us once again. Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.